Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today at Word of Life. We know summer is busy with traveling and all things fun, but we have good news for you. You can stay in church even while on vacation through our online campus. You can watch live on Sundays at 10 and 1130 and get fed throughout the week with inspiring articles, message series, and so much more at thelifeonline.cc. Thank you for listening and enjoy the message. Hallelujah. In times past, uh, one could say in the dispensation before Jesus, to get to these moments, uh, there was just one person that could actually get there. They could enter the Holy of Holies. And there was only one person that, that kind of represented everyone. And first thing that happened once Jesus died, it's pretty cool to see the, the pattern that was formed, was the veil was torn. And it's literally, it's very detailed in explaining how the veil was torn. It says that from top to bottom, showing who started it's not us trying to start, you know, the relationship with God. It's actually God tearing the veil from where he's at all the way towards you, creating access. And Hebrews 9 says that it used to be, you know, that by goats and cows and things that were offered up, we'd, we'd go in and have atonement for our sins. But then it says, but Jesus went in once and for all. That we now have access into his presence once and for all, forever and ever. Amen. That you don't need to wait once a year. You don't need to wait for 506 p.m. You don't need to wait for a conference to enter into his presence because Jesus made a way so that now we can boldly approach the throne. I'm telling you, if you made it this far to Fondren at 6 p.m., why not approach further boldly approach tonight let's boldly approach the throne of god because that's where we find all we've ever needed is in his presence i ask you that from your heart you you set your heart in pursuit that from tonight on no matter what i say you're gonna pursue god it's not because of me trying to convince you it's because the cross has made us or given us conviction convinced us that because of what jesus if jesus went through all of that for us to enter in it's because it's worth it is it's worth jesus's life so quick heart check tonight what are you pursuing tonight let it be god's presence that you can pursue him proverbs 3 says that in all your ways acknowledge him and it doesn't have to be in a place. It can be on the way to a place. Can we on the way to work, on the way to the bank, on the way to, to fight with your husband? Like uh, on the way, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he straightens the path. But there are things that happen in the presence of God that you will never achieve. But it's because it's God's grace in your life. It's why access has been granted. So that you can approach a place where things happen miraculously. Where it's the supernatural happening. That's where testimonies are formed in his presence. So I, I want us to pursue presence. And that's, kind of, that's not the message, but I just I had it on my heart. You know, that this is something that you can fight for. This is something that you can contend for. 
It's more of his presence. Because it's not just how well they sing, it's how well we approach. It's not just, is it, are they going to sing my song or not? It is, how am I going to approach whether they sing it or not? How, how am I going to praise? How am I going to pursue? That it's not about a song, it's about where you are in your heart. You boldly approach the throne with boldness. I'm a, amen. Uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to sit down before I before I give another message that has nothing to do with the message I prepared. <laughs> oh. All right. All right, all right. Well, well, well welcome everybody to Fondren, uh, to all of you that are listening to the podcast. Welcome uh, as well. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we, we have a podcast where we put every message from coffee time to our Sunday mornings to Fondren, 6 p.m., Fondren nights. Uh, it, it's all there. It, it's all created literally with your growth in mind, that we might grow in the things of God, that we might grow and mature in the things of God. I, I believe that as Christians that we have a lot of growing to do. And that's not only me. I, I believe everyone here might be included in that, that there is still room to grow. And, and that's why I, I, I want us to pursue and I want us to grow and I want us to uh, to get into the word, uh, I know I've been like, so it sounds weird because it, when I say these things, it's like I haven't been in the word. But for some reason, uh, recently, I've just uh, I've just seen such an importance of the richness of the word of God that we need more knowledge of the word. We need more revelation of the word. We, we, we need literally to read more, read our Bibles more. Like I don't want to say it in the super spiritual way that it rhymes and you forget what I'm saying. We just need to read our Bible more. Because in our Bible, it is found promises of God that we can believe in, it, things that we didn't know we already had access to. I remember, so, so if you don't uh, and know my background, my, my dad is a, is a pastor back home in Bogota, Colombia, and, and his church is fairly big. And, and one of the things I like about my dad's church is that they have what you call in Colombia a tienda. And, and the tienda is kind of like a little convenience store uh, in the church where they sell stuff from like arepas, which are like big fat tortillas, to what I love, and it's my love language, empanadas. And, and so uh, empanadas, you know, are from God. And it's like if, if that, that's one, like I believe manna from heaven is the translation of empanada. Um, and so when I was a kid, I loved eating empanadas, but I mean, I have no job. I really didn't have an allowance because you don't do those things in Colombia. So it was hard for me to get my own empanada without asking my dad to buy me an empanada until I learned one thing. And is if I could approach the empanada lady and be like, hey, my dad said that I can get an empanada. And I tried it the first time. I'm like, can I really? Because I, I was nagging my dad. I was like, can you get me an empanada? Can you get me an empanada? So he told me, he's like, just go tell the lady that I sent you. Go get the empanada. And then I'll pay later. I'm like, well, this is new. So I'm walking to get the empanada. And I'm like, I don't even know how this is going to work. So I'm like, so senorita, um, uh, my dad said that you can give me an empanada and that he'll pay you. And I got the empanada. So the eyes of my understanding were enlightened, flooded with revelation. Because I'm like, 
okay, so I see something now. So, I mean, you probably know what I did next. I came back as like, so my dad also mentioned the Coke, okay? And, and I, I started doing that to the point where I got in trouble later because my dad owed like a month's worth of empanadas that he didn't know he sent. And so I'm not saying, you know, that, like, that this is good, but I, I learned that I had access to something that unless he tells me, I would have never known. And, and my life would have been limited in my empanada intake if it wasn't for revelation. Well, now extrapolate that to real life, to the things that are actually important to you. That I believe there's a lot of Christians living a limited life, uh, 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 not a supernatural life, but just a pretty natural life because we don't know what access we have and the access to what things we have and what promises and what things have been already paid for. And, and we're, we're trying to pursue with our strength what God has already achieved through the Spirit, what God has already paid for at the cross. So we're, we're, we're trying to reach for these things when God is like, it's, I've said it already. All you have to do is know what it says and then just go and take it. So with that, I, I want to talk about the, the, the title was actually given by Pastor Hillary Ravick. The, the title for tonight is uh, Broccoli and Mustard. And it's a story that I, 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 I had forgotten until I got to talking with uh, Pastor Hillary and with Adrian. We were sitting down and we were actually recording a podcast. And, and I remember it's just the, this, this story of our life that has a lot to do with Acts chapter 10. So we're going to read Acts chapter 10 first so we don't forget. But Acts chapter 10 verse 1 says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now, here are two very simple factors that one might, might, might overlook about this guy. One is he was generous in his giving. And two, he, he was strong in prayer. It says that Cornelius prayed all the time. Now, if you don't know who Cornelius is, Cornelius is actually someone very important. And recently, I've just been thinking of all the people I'm going to get to meet in heaven. And there's a lot of people that are in the Bible that are probably going to ask me if I like their story or not. And I don't want to be that guy that had a lifetime here and never read their story. Because then it's like an eternity of awkwardness in heaven where I'm like, sorry, Hezekiah. Like, you know. Like, sorry, Jonah, I just read the first three chapters. I don't know. Like, I know you smell like fish. That's it. I'm still, And so I'm trying to, to get to know these people a lot more. And Cornelius, actually, if it wasn't for Cornelius, we wouldn't have a church. If it wasn't for Cornelius, Cornelius was the first person, the first Gentile, the first non-Jew to be converted. And it's because of his prayers. The, like, literally, we are an answer and a result of this man praying. Imagine the power that there is in your prayer that we're sometimes praying for something here and now and God's taking that prayer and blessing nations and generations. Like he's, he's praying over there in Israel 2,000 years ago and yet we are still here now as a result of a man that was generous and a man that prayed always. What can your generosity do in this life for generations and for nations? I mean, we're in America right now. This isn't even close to Israel. And we're, we're 2,000 years apart, and yet we're still a result of his prayer. Imagine the ripple effect if, if a church decides to pray. 
If a church, now I thank God we, 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 we are part of Word of Life that is extremely generous. We got that part down. But the prayer part is something that it's up to you and me. Because the building can't pray. We got to pray. But like I said this morning, I'm starting to conclude before I even start, just so that if you do fall asleep or like if you leave or whatever, you know what the conclusion is. And the conclusion is if you pray on a regular basis, then irregular things start to happen on a regular basis. I want you to know that if you pray constantly, consistently, then irregular things, even supernatural things, start to happen on a regular basis. Now, the story of Cornelius, if we keep reading, it says, About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in the vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. Now, something that I find very interesting about uh, the church in Acts is that to them, seeing supernatural things wasn't weird, wasn't different. And it's not a different dispensation. If you don't know, like the word dispensation is like era of time uh, of an expression of God. So God used to express himself differently before Jesus. And now he expresses himself through the Holy Spirit where now he abides in each and every one of us. And we live in the same time as Cornelius did in the same dispensation, if you will. So what I'm saying is what, what happened in, the, in these last 2,000 years that they're seeing angels all the if you, time. If you read a story of Peter, there's one time where this angel, where Peter comes knocking and they open and they literally say, ah, it's just Peter's angel. And they're like, what, like, what would happen? Like, that never happens today. It's not like someone walks in, it's like, oh, it's just John's angel, you know, like, let, let him come in. Like, but for them, it was, it was natural. It was normal. But we also see that for the early church, prayer was something that was constant. It never stopped. It was, was, it was something that was consistent throughout every day, throughout every habit, throughout every job that they had. People were praying. So it says that about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in the vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Did you know that God hears your prayer? And this is, this is part of the answer for Cornelius. He's actually telling him, listen, you, you've been praying a lot. And even though you're not part of like the Jews and their culture, you, your prayers far, uh, have far outspoken culture. Your prayers have, have spoken more than people's habits. You, you, your prayers have been heard in heaven. And because of his prayers, he gives him an instruction. And we're getting to somewhere. Trust me. He says, now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And he will tell you what you must do. Now, interesting fact here. In the time and age of Cornelius and the early church, uh, people it, throughout their life would never really leave a 30-mile radius. Like Historically speaking, because there was no cars, really fast transportation didn't exist. People, because they, they're walking so much, they really wouldn't leave a 30-mile radius. What's interesting, though, is that Joppa is literally 32 miles away from where he's praying. Is I believe that as we pray and as God answers, God will answer with an instruction that will take you out of your comfort zone. 
Always. And if you want to see the supernatural in your life, you're going to have to be willing to make that step right out of your comfort zone. See, supernatural things have never happened in comfort zones. Because if it happens in your comfort zone, then you get the glory. But when it's outside of your comfort zone, then God gets the glory. Because it's not something you are doing. It's not something you're capable of. It's all God through you. And that's been echoing in my heart just consistently that through our, our testimony in our life has to be that our blessing, our lifestyle, where we're at, what we're communicating is so good that people have to realize that it's not us. That it's not because, oh, it's because you talk like that or it's because of your work. At, no, no, no. It's so interesting and just so out of, out of the norm that it has to be God in your life. So... He, he, he makes the step of faith. And if you, if you know the story, he goes, meets Peter. And what's interesting is Peter at the same time was also what? Praying. He was praying to God and it's where he gets the vision. He gets the vision where, where God tells him, you know, hey, Peter, kill and eat. Basically telling him, we're going to expand now. It's expansion time. Now we're going to also start to preach to the Gentiles. And so in the perfect moment, because two people were praying, the church was birthed, the Gentile church, which is you and me. And now the rest is history. Now we're here. But to conclude... Before we even get into it more, if you pray on a regular basis, irregular things start to happen on a regular basis. Now, why, why did I name this broccoli and mustard? Is when we moved to the States, a lot of you know part of that story, that when we decided to move to the States, we decided to move to the States to start an organization that supports missionaries. And so we sold all our stuff. We knew it was from God. And the reason why we moved was because my wife and I started to pray. Someone asked us once, like, I understand that you guys are serving in church and everything. That's perfectly fine. But what has God spoken to your life? And we had realized that we were going through the motions, but we, we really hadn't asked God. And to be honest, one of the reasons why we didn't ask God is because God usually has some, some pretty crazy petitions, right? Like God will usually ask us to, to leave our comfort zone. And so when we asked him, he's, he, he, he kind of showed us part of the plan. So we sold everything. We, we moved to the States, and that was our step of faith. We had no idea how we were going to raise funds for missionaries. We had, no, we had a couple of months before we started our first missions trip and blessing our first missionary in Venezuela. And we were pretty nervous. And so we're there, and we really have no money because in order to, when we sold everything, we sold it in pesos, Colombian pesos. Then when we switched it over to dollars, we just lost literally like 70% of our money. And so we're trying to save up everything. So we buy two cups, two plates, two forks, two knives, no spoons, uh, because we weren't going to eat soup, I guess. And, and then first thing, we're like, God, what do you want us to do? So we, we, we try to find a car. And that's another miracle. For, that's another story for another day. Because I love, uh, we call him Mark. He's our car. and He's a blessing. Uh, but oh, we're eating. We're in this car. And we're eating broccoli with mustard because that's all we can afford. And so we're eating broccoli and mustard. And I mean, it, I can't explain it any other way. It's just broccoli and mustard. Like it, it gets you through the day. But I'm, I'm like telling God, God, this I don't feel this is like your perfect will and plan. Because you said your plan is, you know, it's pleasing. It's pleasant. And, and this is not pleasant. It's not even cooked. 
It's broccoli and mustard. So I'm eating broccoli and mustard, and we go like a couple of weeks, and we're trying to pray it out. We're like, God, did we make a mistake? Uh, I mean, we took the step of faith, but I mean, no one's real. Like, no check has come in. Like, what do we do? Like, should we work? Well, what are we? What are we doing? So we're we're trying to get things going. My wife starts to work. I'm trying to find a job through all of this, and, and we we have nothing. We we have a, an inflatable bed. That's not even ours because a friend gave it to us. And he said, when you buy a bed, like, you give it back to me. And so we still haven't given him back. The, no, I'm just kidding. We did. Uh, but for a long time, we were, like, in this inflatable bed. And I hated it because if I had bad dreams, Carolina also had bad dreams because you're just moving all the time. And so it's, it's just very uncomfortable. And so uh, we want to find furniture. So I, I wake up in the morning. And I'm like, I'm going to pray. And I'm like, Father, uh, what, can, can we have furniture? Like, I don't know how else to ask you. So I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, praying in Spanish, praying in English, see what works. <laughs> and, and then I, I go on Google. We're in Dallas. And so I find this store that says design within reach. So I'm like, hmm, that kind of sounds like my type of design, like within my reach, of course. So we go. It's in North Park Mall. So that's like a big mistake in Dallas. We're in Dallas, and it's in North Park Mall. Uh, so we walk in, and they offer us San Pellegrino water. When they offer me San Pellegrino water, I start to realize that it, there's different reaches, I guess. <laughs> and this might be designed within someone's reach. It might not be designed within my reach. So we're kind of like offended because like, because I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, a couch that used to cost $60,000 now costs $20,000. So I mean, like great discount. It still costs $20,000. Like there's no way. And so we're looking, we're kind of acting interested and we're like, ah, oh, you don't have it in blue. Oh, okay. Like, and I, I see my wife, and she starts to get very aggravated because, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks, and we don't have, like, anything in our house. And it's not like we're asking for much, but, like, can we have, like, a place to sit? You know, that's not the place where we sleep. And, you know, just normal things. So I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, I mean, please do something. Like, I, I need you. I need you to show yourself faithful to us in this moment. And, and, and I'm not asking you, like, you know, we'll go to the ends of the earth. But, like, something. And I, I look at Carolina, and Carolina is, like, borderline in tears. So she's like, what are we going to do? So I told her, well, I mean, I don't know, but let's go to Macy's. And let's just walk and see. I mean, if anything, we can see what we can believe for. Uh, and so I told her, let's just see what we can believe for. Uh, and so we're walking and I, I'm praying. And again, if you pray on a regular basis, irregular things happen on a regular basis. So I, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And then I, I feel led towards the back because obviously the back is the clearance section. So I'm like, let's start from the back forward. And we're walking towards the back and we see a table that is everything my wife ever wanted for a table for the living room like marble with gold finishes and just everything. So I'm like, oh, that, that would be perfect for Carolina. She would love it. And then I see a, like a big red tag over it. So I'm like, I mean, let's, let's just check. So I, I'm praying and I, I see four numbers. Uh, I see 1999. So I'm like, ah, obviously, you know, that's, that's not for us. But then I, I check closely and I, I see, I don't know if it's like a comma or what, but it says, one nine comma nine nine. 
So I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that, that, that can't happen. So I tell Carolina, Carolina, sit on this table because I saw another couple and they were also eyeing it. So I'm like, let's, you know, we're going to stake our claim right now. I'll fight them if we need to. <laughs> sit here. I went to talk with the lady. I'm like, hey, there's a table back there. Can you check? And so we, we go. <laughs> it, 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 we go to check and she goes back to the computer and she's like, oh my gosh, it really is $20. I'm like, well, so what does it have? Like, it's got to have something. She's like, I, I don't know why, but it just says it doesn't have a screw. Just one screw. Because it doesn't have a screw, they took, they took it down like $500 or something like that. So I'm like, well, we'll take it. And they, they had, so she asked us, do you want us to send it to your house? We can ship it. Ship it costs like $100. I'm like, no, ma'am. I am carrying this with me right now. We're the only ones carrying a table through North Park Mall, as happy as can be, giving God glory for a $20 marble gold finished table. But we, we start to see something. We start to see that, okay, so there's something about this. It's not just taking the step of faith. It's not just praying. It's praying, taking a step of faith, praying, taking a step of faith. Because the Bible says that the just will live by faith. See, faith is not a means to an end. It's a lifestyle. You know, the faith is not just to obtain things. Faith is our testimony. That who we have faith in, that we have faith in God. And that we're not just trying to achieve things and acquire things. No, I believe in God for everything. It's why I pray to him. It's why I am in constant communication with him. Because it's a lifestyle. So we have a table. We're happy. We actually have pictures uh, of it just eating. We're taking selfies with our $20 table that used to cost $500. But God took a screw. And so we start praying. And, and I feel God tell us, you need to go to this conference. So we're not preaching at this conference. We're not, we need to go to this conference. So I'm like, okay, Carolina, we're going to this conference. She's like, okay, let's do it. Another step of faith outside of our comfort zone. Why? Because we have to pay for a hotel. There was like three days, uh, food, all these things. So we go, and in the mornings, we're eating broccoli and mustard, you know, trying to hide our breath from people. And this last night... Uh, the pastor goes up and he says, hey, great news. We have food trucks outside. So no one has to leave. You can all eat at the food trucks. And so we didn't, we didn't like that. Why? Because it meant that we were forced to buy from the food truck. So we're like debating what to do. We see a barbecue truck. And it's like the most anointed of the trucks. So um, we're like, do you want to share a plate? And so Carolina was like, yeah, let's share a plate. And so we go and we're standing in line. And we've received word. We've been praying. We've been in his presence. That's cool. But, and, but I'm telling God, like, God, like, I could have probably watched it through Facebook, you know, and, like, saved a couple of money. Stewardship, you know, principles. Like, why do you bring us here? So anyway, so I'm going to order. And then I feel someone tap my shoulder. And so I turn around, and it's this guy. I have no idea who he is. And he tells me, hey, uh, can I buy your dinner? So I'm like, okay, let me pray about it. And in two seconds, I pray. 
I'm like, sure, sure. I mean, can we order two plates? Because I'm with my wife. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, so this is why you brought us, God, like, for free barbecue. I'm like, I'll take, you know, that one. We ordered two plates. I'm happy. I turn around to, to this guy. I was like, hey, what are you going to eat? It's like, oh, no, I just wanted to buy it. I'm going to go. I'm like, well, no, you bought us dinner. Sit down and let's talk. That's the least you can do. Sit down and talk with us. So he's like, all right. So to give you context, uh, I usually find myself in very Pentecostal, charismatic conferences. It's nothing about them. I just, I, 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 like, I like to dance. I like to shout. I, I, I like those moments. I, that's what I'm about. So, so I find myself in this conference. And the reason why I'm giving you this context is I tell him, as like we're sitting down, I was like, tell him, so tell me about yourself. Like, who are you? And so he's like, well, actually, I'm a Baptist preacher. Oh, I'm a Baptist pastor, I'm sorry, all the way from Atlanta, and we're, like, somewhere in Louisiana. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's like, so what brought you here? I mean, of all the places that a Baptist pastor can go, why come to, like, the most Pentecostal conference ever? And so he laughs, and he's like, well, to be honest, I I was praying, and I felt God tell me to come here. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. I've been praying, too. And so we start talking, and he asked me, hey, what are you guys doing? So, again, we, tell him, we give him the whole spiel about raising funds for missionaries, and we feel God is calling us here for a, for a time and for a season to do this and support missionaries and stuff. So he's looking at me very intently. I'm eating my ribs. So I'm like, I'm going like, you know, and I'm pointing my rib at him and everything. I'm like, so we're going to go to missions, right? <laughs> and he looks at me and he says, well, you know, at the beginning of the year, so this, is a, this conference is in July, so he says, in January, we were praying as a church, and God told us to start saving up money. And we've been saving up for six months as a church, and we don't know why until today. So I'm eating my ribs, and it, I have no idea he meant us. Like, I did not see it, and Carolina's kicking me underneath. She's like, he's talking about us. And I'm like, talking about me? And I'm like, so I point, I was like, wait, you mean us? And so he's laughing, he's like, yeah. And, and so... So, like, I go and I hug him, and as I'm hugging him, I'm telling God, I never doubted you, ever, you know, always believe, you know, what faith life, and, and I'm hugging him, and, and so I ask him, it's like, I, I don't mean to be bold or rude or anything, but how much are we talking here? And, and, and the number that he gave us, it, to me, is so incredible because the number that he gave us to the last cent was exactly what we had promised the missionary in Venezuela. Like, exactly to the point. And I'm not saying it because, I, you know, oh, it's me and I've been praying and missions and God is just, no, no, no. When, when you pray on a regular basis, irregular things start to happen on a regular basis. See, the, the word of God says that the effective prayer of the righteous availeth much or makes much power available i believe the lack of power is because of lack of prayer i I believe that lack of the supernatural is because we're not pursuing his presence like we should be pursuing that we're trying to pursue an answer with the arm of the flesh when god is saying no no pursue my presence and let the arm of the spirit do it for you because it's not by power not by my it's by my spirit says the lord That our testimony is found in the goodness of God and not in the goodness of our work ethic. That that our testimony is found in the faithfulness of God and not just how good you know how to handle money. Now, those things are good. 
And it's biblical to do those things. But I'm telling you what God wants to do through your life will require a prayer life. We cannot expect the results of Jesus without having the life of Jesus. That we want to walk on water. We want to walk over circumstances. We want to be able to sleep through the storm. We want to be able to see abundance in our life. And yet Jesus would wake up early before everyone else and go to pray. And then he would be praying all the way through the night. And even the disciples would fall asleep. But he knew something that I believe he's communicating today. And it's that it's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by pursuing his presence. Pursuing his spirit. It's a spirit filled life it's a spirit-led life the effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much makes much power available i believe that as we pray we are going to start to see things in the supernatural I believe starting tonight, we, we, don't, we don't need to, to wait a, lo- a long time. Hey, I, I believe God sees our heart and he sees what he can do and what he's willing to do. And it can happen tonight. Before we finish, uh, when I was a youth pastor, we had this, this mission trip that we were going to have in the city called Cucuta. And Cucuta is famous for... Uh, guerrilla warfare and just a lot of deaths and paramilitaries and stuff on the border of Colombia and Venezuela. So we, we were preparing ourselves to go evangelize and stuff. So I, I, I took the kids to practice to, uh, to a park. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, just, it's, it's a funny story in my mind. So we take them to the park and... And they go out and they start evangelizing, you know, and like trying to grab people. It's like, hey, if you die today, you know, where are you going? And people are like, I don't know. I was going to my house. I don't know. Where am I going now? You know, just weird. And so they're grabbing people and stuff. And then one kid comes to me. He's like, John, John, I just feel weird. Like I, I prayed for a person, you know, for their headache. And they have a worse headache now. Like what's happening? So I'm like, I don't know. Just, just go pray again. Don't worry. Like it'll be fine. And this other kid comes. like, John David, I don't know. People aren't being receptive. It's like, I don't know. Is it the enemy? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, I'm getting their bags, right? So they can go out and evangelize. So I'm just sitting there. And then more kids start to come. They're like, they're just having, like, problems. So I'm, so I'm starting to pray. I'm like, Father, well, what is the problem? I, what, what do we need? I, I don't hear anything necessarily. So I'm like, I don't know. And then this one kid stands up. And he's like, you know what we have to do? You know, it, the, the people of Israel, they walked around Jericho for six times. And then on the seventh time, uh, they, they, they walked around and they gave a shout. So we should do that in this park. So, like, I look at the kid. I like the boldness. I'm like, well, I'll take care of your bags. You go ahead and march, you know, go march for your Jericho. So I see them, and as I'm seeing them, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't want to be embarrassed, but it's kind of embarrassing, you know. And they're, like, marching, and they're like, you're coming down and pointing to people. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, please work, please work. They, they do it. They do it seven times, which is not even biblical because on the seventh day, they march seven times. So it's a total of 13 times, but I didn't want to, like, you know, burst their bubble theologically. Walk around the park seven times. They scream. They shout. And then they go and pursue people. And, and again, they come back. And, and so when, when I see it, I call it. I'm like, guys, let's just go home. I don't know what's happening, but let's just go home. 
I, I go back to my room at that time because I was living with my parents and go back to my room and I start to pray. I'm like, Father, what, what is it? Because we were taking a step of faith. Like we were. Uh, and then I realized it, it, just through prayer, it's like well, we haven't been in his presence. We're, we're going through the motions and we're trying to apply a method without having a message in our heart. And I believe we, we make that mistake so many times that we see people do what they're doing and we're like, oh, I'm going to apply that. But no, no, what has God spoken through you in your intimacy with him? What is he telling you? It's one of the reasons why Jesus never healed a blind man the same way. Now, the message is the same. Christ is the healer. The method changed all the time. So uh, we were trying to apply a method that, that was used by the Israelites thousands of years ago that, I mean, if it really worked, I'm going to go now into, you know, to Mercedes Benz or something. I'm going to march around it seven times. I'm going to shout and it's mine. And, but it doesn't happen that way, does it? Uh, if not, dating will get very weird very quick, right? Trying to march around people's like, get back here, you Jericho. Uh, so I, I write them, I write them a, a long email to all the people that are going to this uh, trip. And I'm like, okay, from now on, all the way, we have two months. So from now till we go to Cucuta, we're just going to pray. We're going to pursue his presence. And we're going to be strict about it. And, and my verse was, Jesus said, you know, can you not just stay with me for an hour? So I told them, let's pursue God for an hour every day. That's all we're going to do, and then we're going to see what God wants to do in Cucuta. So we do this. We pray one hour a day for a total of 60 days. And we go, and again, do, grab the message, not the method. Like, don't go and pray for 60 days and expect the same thing. No, no, just go and pray. That's the message. If you pray on a regular basis, irregular things start to happen on a regular basis. And so, so we go, and then <clears throat> first day we get to Cucuta. We're just fired up. It's just different. We feel different because we've been with him. And the Bible shows that people that have spent time with God, you could tell. You could tell that Moses had been in his presence. You could tell that Isaiah had been in his presence. You could tell that these people had spent time with God. It was just something natural, supernatural about them. So we walk in, and the first place that we go to minister, it's this place that is known for where the, we didn't know this at the time, but it's where the paramilitary bury their dead. And so it's a big, a lot of deaths, army car bombs, all these things. So all those dead people, the paramilitary would bring them and, and hide, hide them there. We didn't know, but we're standing there and we're ministering to kids. And there's like 500 kids there. We're happy. We're like, this is work. This is awesome. And all of a sudden, a motorcycle comes by with the guy in the back. And to give you context, in Colombia, for the longest time, that was illegal to have two people riding a bike because it meant that the guy in the back usually had a gun. And so they disallowed that. So anyway, so they come and I see this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And it's, it's the head of the paramilitary. And he comes to me. And he's like, who gave you permission to be here? And I was like, oh, I didn't know we needed to have permission. I'm so sorry. I'm trying, you know, to be calm because these people kill people. It's not like they're asking for permission or like, give me your hand, slap. Don't do it. No, it's like, give me your hand, pow. Like, so, so, so I'm trying, you know, I got kids to take care of. Like, I'm the youth pastor of these kids. So I'm standing there, and then all of a sudden, Franquito comes up. And I've told about the story about Franquito in, in Momentum Youth. Franquito, we used to call him the little bean because he was just so tiny. He was just a, he was like just a little bean, literally. Like, he looked like a bean for some reason, just like chubby and stuff. And, you know, he's grown now. He's a big bean now. Um, 
But little Franquito, he comes up to the person, straight up, looks at him, and is like, why don't you bring your kid now? Because your kid needs what we're giving him. I'm like, Franquito, calm down. Like, don't you see that he might kill you right now? And he goes straight up and is like, no, I'm telling you, God has shown me that your kid needs to be here. And, and the paramilitary turns to him, just can't believe that this little bean is even speaking, and tells him, how do you know I have a kid? And he's like, well, God told me I have a kid. So then he just, he leaves. And I'm like, this is where we die. <laughs> like, this is where I've always kind of wanted to be a martyr. I just never knew I'd be a martyr before marriage. Like, it's just, okay, this is weird. And so I see him come back again, and I see more motorcycles start to come. And I'm like, I'm just praying. I'm like, Father, I need one of those miracles where, like, angels come or something or rapture us or I don't know, do something. Because I don't know how to fight this. We, we, you know, we're here just ministering. And the, the head of the military comes and is like, um, so where, where should we put our kids at? And I'm like, what? And I see in the motorcycles, all the paramilitary leaders of the sector started bringing their kids in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, Franquito. <laughs> So now I'm like filled with valor. I'm like, yeah, you're going to receive Christ. And so we start to minister to him. We start to minister to all these people. And then I realized something. It wasn't the method that we needed to apply. It was We needed to apply the message that there is power in prayer. That the effective prayer of the, I know I'm repeating myself, but I want you to grasp this. Because it's not the only powerful message of the Bible, but it is a life-changing message. That if you start to pray, that if in your life there is prayer, that, that if, if prayer becomes a lifestyle and not just something that you use to get out of problems, but it actually becomes a way of life. That when you're in the car, you start to pray. That before you walk into a room, you pray. That before you walk into a meeting, you pray. That, that you bring in the supernatural with you because you are the temple of the holy spirit he lives inside of you so we minister in that place and more than 500 kids get saved but i i, I like to highlight the little being franquito because the same kid that was marching around jericho park for seven times screaming and not saying anything and people actually fleeing from the message was the same kid that stood up to a paramilitary leader and told him prophetically Something that he really didn't, I don't know if he, like it just came to him or he said it. I haven't really asked him about the details. But I saw a kid filled with the spirit take up one of the, like the toughest paramilitary leaders of the sector. And through the spirit, made him come to Christ. So I'm telling you, there is no stronghold that the devil has that God cannot tear down. And you don't need a method to tear down what the devil has built up in life. All you need is the power of God in your life. And that's why we need to spend more time in his presence. It's not just about what we say in prayer. It's just about being in his presence. It's about soaking up his presence. It's about knowing that he is God. So sometimes we can be shouting in his presence. Sometimes we can just be still and know that he is God. But position is important. Where you position yourself in life. Are you positioning yourself in the presence of God? Because whenever you do, God will always make the ask. 
That when you enter into prayer, then God will give you the next step. And the next step is usually outside your comfort zone because it's outside your comfort zone that God gets to do what only he gets to do, where he gets the glory through your life. And then you become a vessel and a testimony, which I believe for tonight, that's God's calling you tonight. He's saying, be that vessel of my glory. Be that vessel that you, you spend time in my presence. You soak up my presence. And then when you go out, you go out in power. You don't go out with persuasive words like Paul said, but you go out in the demonstration of his spirit. You go out in the demonstration of power. You don't need philosophy to change people's lives. You need the power of God. And the power of God is not just expressed in the shouting, but, the, but you will notice when the power of God gets to moving. Because whether it is a shout, whether it is a shake, whether it is, but lives are changed forever i'm super excited because i the reason why i'm telling the story again is because i got invited back to that place i'm gonna go in november to the same place that we preach i'm so excited because that's a place that i saw god move in the life of a little being and don't make me tell you this but if god can move in the life of the little being i know he can move in your life and for those of you wondering, Franquito didn't become, you know, a mega pastor or whatever. And that's nothing wrong with it. Because sometimes we think like, I don't know if I pray, God's going to make me a pastor. Or God's going to make me a preacher. And some of you just don't want it. And that's fine. Uh, Franquito, if you give it 10 to 20 years, he's going to become the next Colombian president. And I'm not just saying prophetic, like, he, like you, everyone can see it. Like even, even people in the government can see because the little bean is now 30 years old. And, and he's just positioned himself in a place of importance. And I believe it's the spirit of God that it's placing him there. So don't think that, well, I mean, if, 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 I, if I get to pray and God's going to make me a missionary in Zambia. I mean, whether he does or he doesn't, I know his will is pleasing and it's perfect, says Romans 12. But don't be scared of going outside of your comfort zone. Because that is, that is where God shows himself strong. And sometimes we want to fit God in our schedule. And I wrote that out today. God is way too big to fit in someone's schedule. Talk about the almighty God. Like, we, we make our schedule based on him. Like, it's not like, okay, God, I'm giving you this. No, 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 no. Even before you make your schedule, start praying. Like, God, like, what do you want me to do with this? My, my wife has this, this habit that she has now that whenever we get money or whenever we get paid, she asks God what, what he wants us to do with the money. And it's super scary to me. Because God is always way more generous than I think he should be, if you know what I mean. Like, and Carolina will come as like, I think we should just give 50% to that person. I'm like, but, but babe, like, I mean, when, you know, we got we to gotta pay our rent and, you know, God. But, but ever since she's made that conscious decision, just like Cornelius, his alms, his giving, and his prayer, it, God heard and God saw. I, I, I can't. I can sit here, and if you want, we can maybe another, another Sunday night. I can just tell you of the miracle after miracle, whether it's a text message, whether it's 
uh, a check in the mail, whether it's a promotion, whether it's whether it's like a tax refund that we had no idea existed, whether it's in Colombia, like from even from Australia, stuff has come in. And I'm not saying that this is the way to success. No, all I'm saying is if you pray on a regular basis, irregular things happen on a regular basis. And I hope I pricked your heart tonight to pursue the supernatural. I hope I, 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 I've been shouting all day, so I thought I wasn't going to shout tonight. Uh, just because, I mean, if you, want the, if you want to hear the shout, I mean, you can listen to the podcast of this morning. And there's a lot of shouting and stuff. But I, I do want, just to prick your heart, I want, I want you to feel the nudge. I really do about prayer. Oh, prayer is so important. It's such a staple in Christian life that to me it's crazy to see how many Christians forget to do it. That we pray for lunch and dinner and stuff, and that's fine. But uh, pray out the will of God on your life. You know, pray out the next step. You know, pursue His plan and His purpose. Where? In His presence. So what I want us to do, I, I know it's 7.30. We, we, I, I've been at it for a while. And, but it, why not take the next five minutes? It's five minutes okay, maybe ten. I don't know, maybe an hour. Um but we'll start with five. <laughs> and I, I want us to pray. And I, I like what we're doing here in Fondren at, at the 6 p.m. service because we're giving God like more, more room, right, for him to move. And, and, and I want him to move tonight. But I don't want him to move based on our emotion. I want him to move based on our pursuit. That where you are right there and right now, it's up to where you are at in the pursuit of your heart. That God moves in your life in a way that you've never expected it before. And whether that is receiving that good news that you've been waiting for, or, or whether that is just getting the peace that passes all understanding. But I believe supernatural things start to happen when we start to access the supernatural. So why not take the time? And I'm going to ask you to stand up just because that's the exercise that I do is if I start sitting down, it's kind of hard to press in. Uh, so I'm just going to ask you if you don't want to stand up, that's fine. But I mean, if you're already standing up, I mean, you might as well stay uh, standing up. And I'm going to lead you in, in a short prayer. But then I want us to make do the exercise uh, of remaining in his presence. And not waiting. Sometimes we have this thing where we're waiting to see what our leader's going to do next. And, and this, is, see, this is not about what I can do for you or how I can get your emotions to a place where I convince you. No, no, no. You, you have the same access that I do. And the, the Word of God says, boldly approach the throne of grace. It's up to us to approach. I think sometimes we're like, Father, descend. Father, fall down. And, and, and his Bible is saying, no, you approach. No, you enter in. No, you come in. And we're like, no, no, you fall down. And you send the rain. And you send the fire. And God's like, no, 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 the fire is here. The rain is here. The well of, of living water is here. You boldly approach. Because your approach speaks about your heart. Your, your, your approach really speaks about your attitude and who you believe in. That you're taking the time to make that step into the uncomfortable because you believe that it's worth it. You believe that he is good enough to approach. You believe that he is faithful enough to approach. You believe that God is worth the approach. 
So we approach him tonight. How do you approach? You approach with starting with your mouth. Giving thanks unto God. It says that, that we approach his throne. It says that, that with thanksgiving we enter in. That with worship we enter in. Enter into his courts with praise. Right? We, we enter in with thanksgiving. With what you are saying with your mouth. So let's enter in today. I wish I could push you in. That would be awesome. I wish I could grab people and just like drag them in. But the Bible says, no, no, you approach. It's up to you. So what I'm doing tonight is I'm giving you the opportunity. And even if you are listening to this in the podcast, wherever you may be at, this is your opportunity as well. We will approach tonight. The door is open. Will you approach? Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, because the veil has been torn. We thank you, Father, because we have access to your presence. Father God, we thank you because Jesus made a way where there seemed to be no way. And now we can access your throne and access your presence where there is fullness of joy, where there is freedom, where there is peace, where there is everything that we've ever needed, Father. Father, in this moment, I ask that your Holy Spirit speak to our heart. Father, we pursue your presence. We want them, We want to remain in this moment, Father. So fill our life with your presence. Fill our life with your fire. Fill our life with your spirit. Fill us up, Father, tonight. Father, we will not move. We will not go away until we see your glory. We will pursue your glory tonight in the name of Jesus. Now with your own mouth, pursue him tonight. Now with your own voice, pursue him tonight. Enter in. Boldly approach. Boldly approach. Boldly approach the throne of God. The door is open. The path is made. You can walk in. So walk in now. Walk into everything that God has prepared for you. Hallelujah. Ro para baba ke sete ke baba ba sete ke. Eh ra para baba ba ke sete ke. Oh para baba baba ba ke sete ke. Glory to you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Gloria. Hallelujah! 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 Oh, but I'm a baba, 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 ba
Aleluia. Aleluia. Glória. Aleluia. 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 Come on, lift your voice and give him glory. Come on, lift your voice and give him praise. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on, let it flow out of your belly. Rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Let life flow through you. Let life flow through you. Life brings to life those things that have been dead. Come on, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We declare life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Oh, brava sete kere. Oh, brava baba sete. Hallelujah. Ro bara baba baki sitike. Re bara baba baba baki sitike. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't I don't want to take you out of this moment. I I just want to make something available for this moment. Uh, I I know there's a couple of people on staff here. I'm going to ask if you're part of the prayer team or if you're part of staff to come up front. I want us to pray for people. I don't want us to pray for for people to get more fire because you get more fire by pursuing his presence. And let me tell you something. Fire has never descended over an empty altar. In other words, if you don't put yourself on that altar, fire will never fall on you. Like don't don't wait for the emotion. You know, you, you, you got to step up and step in. But I do want us to pray for the supernatural with regards to healing and with regards to the, the word that I have in my spirit is breakthrough. And not just like you know, the financial breakthrough that we're always thinking. It's breaking through that problem that's consistently nagging you for years. Breaking through that problem that you just can't seem to find a solution for. I believe that in his presence there is freedom. And it's in that freedom that there's breakthrough. I believe if you want it, you can break through tonight. So I'm going to ask. I know Miss Mario is here. Uh, uh, I see Adri. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, people. Uh, I see right here uh, a couple of people. I don't know. Ashton, if you want to come up. I don't know who else uh, wants to pray here. We're going to step in again. And when we step in, uh, if you want someone to hook up their faith with your faith uh just just come up and we are one of those churches we believe in laying on of hands and the word of god it says that this is part of it so why not why not in a night like this praying over people